0: This episode of Wishers Breakway is brought to you by you, the listener. Go to patreon.com slash right now and support the show. Get your BSBOT every single week, which used to be on the main feed, but now is on patreon.com. We have a wonderful show for you today. We talk about the playoffs a little bit. We'll have the Rangers would fare. We have John Scott coming on, former NHL All-Star. He talks with us for a couple minutes about secret Sather stories, his time in the Rangers, and also uh, what he thinks the Rangers will do this offseason. Come back, answer some questions. Super fun show. Always love your feedback. Please support us if you have the means and you love us. Here we go. Let's get to Mark Messier.
1: Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast.
0: Hey, Bushes Breakaway, welcome to the Bush Breakaway. I am your host Ryan of patreoncom and I'm here with my other co-host Gregory Kaplan, also a Bush's Breakaway pa- Patreon, whatever. Greg, say hello.
1: You say one fucking word, I slap you in the face.
0: Oh, about the weekend. Say one fucking word. <laughs> Ranger, number one go. Ranger podcast. Good man, good man. I'll I'm do right the right. It. I'll do the right thing. I'll be the bigger man. Uh. Mm-hmm. Boy, oh boy, the playoffs happened uh, for 24 hours. We had three overtime games. Probably should get this out of the way now, right? Uh,
1: well, no, first thing we should talk about Flames Canucks first, right?
0: Okay, because that was the game of the day. Five four. <laughs> you have to be honest; like it was a nice dessert after watching all the. What are they doing? What are the sky? Like, I know. Doing? <laughs> I, <laughs> I know oh, it's that not they, that. Oh,
1: it's, it's just that's the thing. It's just it doesn't have to be this hard with the NHA. Hold on.
0: Yeah.
1: Can't tell if that's a sock fuzz or an insect. I'm gonna kill it.
0: Okay. In case. Keep it, keep going. Okay. This is great. This is a great podcast. Keep keep this part in, is what you're saying? Oh absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Alright. So it doesn't have to be this hard like killing us uh, killing a sock fuzz or an insect, but the NHL ah! somehow <laughs>
1: I think sock fuzz, but I had to be sure.
0: Okay, so the eggshell doesn't. Are have... you saying you don't make? Are you saying you don't scream when you kill a bug? I, you know, what's funny, and I'm gonna give some crap for this. I think I don't kill bugs. I bring what? them. Out, I bring them outside. I'm a big. Oh my god. I'm a big bring bug outside guy.
1: God. You know what? It's
0: people like you that makes me hope the bees all die. <laughs> wow, I like my bees. I have a bee that lives on my back porch. His name's Beefy Bartholomew. He comes oh in and pollinates all my flowers. We're we're big friends. Oh God. Anyway. Yeah, the
1: NHL (laughs) stupid. What 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 has the NHL done today to prove to us that they're a smart organization? Very little about their own product.
0: Very little. We'll have John Scott on today who is an NHL all star. um, I think much to their chagrin at some point. And uh, he'll talk about a lot of this, too. So that'll be fun. We'll talk about a lot of the player safety enforcement and ask uh, a person who was an enforcer. I think that's the best source of how to figure this all out or make sense of what exactly is going on in the NHL when it comes to punishing players. Because I simply don't understand, and I'm hoping he can enlighten me. But mm. yes, the we had three playoff games to start start the weekend. It was tremendous hockey. The battle for Florida game one was one of the best games I've ever watched. Uh, except that Tampa won, uh, so that kind of took the wind out of my sails a little bit. But I have to. My initial takeaway from all this, Greg, is that I don't think this Ranger team would have gone very far in this playoff series.
1: Yeah, no, no. In this, against anybody, right? Um, yeah,
0: every team I watched, I was like, "Oh wow." The, the one thing I keep thinking about is that if the Rangers did make it, all of these games were close. All of these games were tight and had a strong, like, finish, and it was just to the end. And I feel like, wow, the Rangers probably would have lost three one or four one. It would have been mostly non competitive.
1: I think the Rangers may have. Oh, it's tough. I don't even know because it, the Panthers looked so good against the Lightning, and it's not like the Rangers. The, the The Rangers would thrive in a chaotic game like that, though. Is is what I'm trying to get at. My my fear is if you were to put the Rangers up against the Panthers and it was just chaos for sixty straight minutes, I don't think the Rangers are allowing only four goals, which is the problem. Um, yeah, yeah, no, the Rangers Rangers weren't done, which is crazy that we're talking about a team which now it's win or bust because James Dolan apparently didn't like what he saw
0: in the year of our Lord 2021. There's so much more than um, that. You know it. we talked about it extensively. Yeah, I know, I know. I know. We don't need to read that <laughs> shit anymore. But, hey, James Dolan yeah, if, came out today and I said, you, I'm, here, I'm here to mend the, mend the wounds of New York. The Knicks are in the playoffs. We're here now. I've heard it for 20 years, and everyone clapped, yeah. I think.
1: Uh, if I told you that I, I won one of only three of the bets I made on playoff games this weekend, you'd be surprised that – You'd be surprised to learn I bet on the Islanders, didn't you?
0: No, I actually that I, I don't. I actually like this Islanders team, I, and I think you and I have I've, talked I just, about I it. I
1: can't, I can't hate the Islanders. I, I don't know if it's just <sighs> I hate little them. brother syndrome.
0: I, I don't hate them. Like I, I, can't bring myself to hate them. Here's a question I asked myself over the weekend, and this Thanks. is, uh, this really bothered me. It was, I can name a player on the on the other East teams I simply don't like, or I have great disdain for. So, Sidney Crosby, I have great disdain for. As we've discussed him many, many times on this mm-hmm. podcast. His greatness cannot be denied, etc. Tom Wilson, I have an incredible disdain for. Uh, probably sheer hatred. Brad Marchand. My God, I do not like that man. I would love him if he was on my team. Um, well, I just
1: think Brad Marchand still just makes me laugh more than anything No, else. I don't like
0: him. He really, like, I, I, he's a really good rival. But I, when I look at the Islanders and I'm watching, I'm like, man. I don't hate anybody here. Who do I hate? Like JG Pajot? But he was just Wayne Gretzky for a series. Like I don't,
1: I don't really hate anyone. the Rangers.
0: He's, he's the
1: JG Padgeot, just the Manuel Margot of hockey. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there you go. You, um, you brought it up, not me. I know. Well, it's just incredible how that guy, I don't understand how <laughs> random people get ownership of certain teams. And we, I, I could talk about this with just Pajot if we want to, but it's just like such a bit player. You look at his career numbers, he's forgettable. He's going to retire, and everyone will be like, oh, yeah. What happened to him? Except Met fans will be like, is he in the Hall of Fame yet? What the fuck? um, It's incredible. That dude just – ownership. I have have no choice but to bend over and call him my daddy. (laughs) The great Pedro Martinez. Like, it's just unbelievable. But, yeah, I don't know. Who am I supposed to hate? I don't really care for Ross Johnston, but I'm not about to – or Matt Martin, I guess, for that extent. But, like – I'm beyond the point of having to form. a Probably a Ranger and,
0: fan, Matt Martin. Just saying.
1: Yeah. And I, I, I'm just beyond the point of having to form opinions about fourth line plebs that, you know, don't really matter in the long scheme of things. Like we both love Barzal. Yeah. I don't think there's anyone. I don't think there's anyone not on the New York Rangers who has a higher Q rating from the blue shirt breakaway boys than Matt Barzal. He's up. There. Um, I like Jordan Eberle doesn't elicit a reaction from me. Brock Nelson Something about the name grinds my gears, but him as a player, no. Anthony Beauvillier, I would fucking love on the New York Rangers. That guy, if not Barzal, Beauvillier is, like, right there in terms of guys that have Q, high Q ratings for this show. Um, yeah, I just, until they like until someone on that team does me wrong, the, the Islanders don't do us wrong, right? They just own us because they're better. They just beat the hell proud. out of us these past couple yeah. of years, and especially but it's not like this it's, it's, it's like Like, with, with the Capitals, they cheat. Right? Tom Wilson murders someone. They take it to a point where they're winning by playing dirty. The Tampa Bay Lightning literally cheat. I I appreciate all the the writing staff at our former employer, who are great people, I should say. And I will never say anything bad about them. But to change the narrative to say, well, you should be angry about the system. No, no, I can be angry about both. I have enough anger in my heart where I can be upset with the system and say that the Lightning are fucking cheats. I just... What what other sport would it like? The NBA you still got to follow the salary cap in the playoffs.
0: The only thing what I can think doing? of that's close to like this in the NBA is the Dirk Nowinski contracts that he took for very cheap to then eventually be the Mavericks president. That's the only thing I can think of that's close, but it's not like the Mavericks. Sure, but Weber. he also, he
1: did leave money on the table. Like yeah, he did. He willingly like nobody on the Lightning is leaving money on the table. They're just paying everybody. That's true. You're right. You're right. That's a good point. It's uh, I just if, if they said it, it was so funny watching the broadcast, because I'm sure you had the similar reaction that I did, where it felt like NBC was always getting close to saying that something fucking weird's going on in Tampa Bay. See, OK, but they said just go, that's
0: just hockey, baby. Yeah. At one point they said, well, the Tampa Bay Lightning are cheating. And then they paused for like the briefest pe- pregnant pause. And they said in the defensive zone. <laughs> I was like, I see what you're doing. I know what you're doing over there.
1: I go, I go, no, they did. Do, they don't. They don't do that shit intentionally. But like, they came back from break after the second intermission, and they do this long intro because Kucherov had just scored two goals, and they're like, "Yeah, look at this. Did you know that there's this thing called long-term injured reserve, and it allows you to spend money when the player is not there? And then somehow
0: Kucherov is just gone
1: in the playoffs. Incredible. Anyway, comes back, here's, here's the goals. rest of this game. Yeah, uh, they gained twenty million
0: dollars. Awesome.
1: Boy, if they if they were like, well, you would think that Nikita Kutrov would look a little rusty. Uh you wouldn't. He's been skating for six fucking weeks. <laughs> like Wow What, what? I, I don't know the definition of rust, but like usually in order to be rusty you'd have to like be immobile like for a long come period right time. Come right back, so like this is the first day a... you skated. Yeah, it's not Yeah, it's not. Yeah, g- give me a fucking
0: break. Friend of the, the show, fucking... Steve Allah. Uh, mm. tweeted out on May 15th. Interesting note from JT Bourne. Well, we'll actually have to get him on here one day. Uh, And he wrote, Tamper Bay, and I feel like no one really picked up on it. Tamper Bay Lightning, 88 million versus Florida Panthers, 60 million with Ekblad out. Tamper mm. Bay. I like that. Big fan of that one.
1: Yeah, I, I... But they're not... Like, they're not tampering. They're circumventing.
0: Yeah, circumventing Bay?
1: Or, like... It's too bad it's not, like, Tampa City. Mm. Um... Because then it could be like Circum City. Yeah. Uh,
0: okay. That's some stretch. We're we're stretching now. We're, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Fuck, Fuck the lightning
1: is essentially what you get. For sure. Also, also, just because everyone's gonna be watching this series for the millionth time, guys. I don't know why. I wish I could tell you why. Alexander Barkov fucking
0: loves Sunrise, Florida, dude. He ain't coming. One more thing. He wants to stay there. I think his extension is gonna be like thirteen million dollars. Yeah, they don't care. Not the- ten million. Yeah,
1: people. It's like two schools of thought. One, it's just like, well, it's Florida, so Barkov must want out. The dude loves it. Every time anyone asks him, he's like, "No, this is the fucking shit." Yeah, but and even then, like when you see
0: like Rick Carpinello or other people say like, "There's, there's riffs and or rumors." Like I, I feel like that's a narrative we're just making up, because uh, there everything I, I you were saying it too, but everything I've ever heard or everything spoken about, they're just some guys who like where they play um yeah whether it's nathan mckinnon in, in colorado or barkov in florida love to eat crow in this one love to, love rangers honestly, straight for him but it's just not gonna happen
1: yeah and honestly while we're there Braden point in tampa bay too we know the rangers culture tried. guy culture yeah, guy they actually the, the rangers legitimately tried with point and he said nah man i don't want to leave tampa bay like yeah. that i points not the one i get upset about sorelli and Sergachev, i'll get upset about until the fucking cows come home but Braden point i, I saw someone on twitter who was like the entire NHL should be embarrassed i was like he's the one that actually wanted to stay and we have like verifiable proof that someone tried, and he said no. So there's nothing you can do about Braden Point. But yeah, and the other thing with Barkov, it's like it either needs to be the players unhappy, he's not, or the organization is cheap, which the Panthers are not. They're going to be paying Bobrovsky for the rest of time, and they're very okay with it. They also wanted to like the only way Barkov would be a possibility is if they signed Panarin, and then they would be out of money. But they didn't sign Panarin. They only got Bobrovsky, so they're fine. They're he ain't leaving. He, I, w- I wish on all that is holy that Alexander Barkov would realize that Sunrise is a fucking retirement community with a strip mall and a shitty stadium. And he should want to get the fuck out of there. But he's just like, you know what? It's 40 minutes away from Miami. Fuck it. I'm good. I'm not leaving. And I, I my retort to that is I got nothing. Yeah Because – He's already
0: like good for him. Love to be, love yeah. to him. For, I would love for him to be a ranger. The more right. I research, I do on this, Greg, and I know we've hmm. we've kind kind of come to the off season of hashtag anything is possible, which has been quoted by me and you at this point in time. Some things aren't possible, though. Some things are impossible, and Barkov is one of them. I, I I keep thinking back. It's sort of, I don't want to say Eichel or bust, but I keep honing in as the Eichel. No, I know this is. Listen, we've talked about Eichel almost had nauseum for six months now. I don't know what the next move is after Eichel because Tachuk or uh, uh, all these other options, they aren't going to be the, Hey, wow, this team is now good enough to win a cup kind of move. Eichel is kind of going to be other than Barkov, which we explained already probably won't happen. will be the only thing that it's like, well, Mika Eichel, that's something you could really make a run with. I don't well, know if there's another center right. that really makes that difference.
1: Well, the the, the key to this entire conversation is, With Eichel and with Barkov, again, the Rangers are addressing a serious need in our mind. While people think, and honestly, it's not even a while people think, Ryan Stone's been great for two years now. But if the Rangers want to be a serious contender, you have to make an argument that they might need, if they need to do better somewhere and they need to get a forward, we see how many wingers they have. It's hard for anyone to really talk themselves into the Rangers going out there and acquiring a winger that is a significant upgrade over what they have now, right? Mm-hmm. That the, the problem with a Matthew Kachuk move, while we may like him, is the increase on a Pavel Buchnevich to a Matthew Kachuk, it, it's like going from a B-plus to an A-minus. Like, you, you enjoy the grade bump, but it's not going to help you get into Harvard. Whereas if you go from Strom to Eichel, you're talking about, like, a B average student all of a sudden graduating to a 4.0. Yeah. it's a stratospheric jump for sure. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's not just, it's not just a stratospheric jump in terms of player to player. It's a stratospheric jump in terms of what you're able to do with your top six. Your top six is solid, but maybe on like, it's not quite spectacular, but it's better than good. Right. As currently constructed with the amount of pieces, the Rangers have. If you have Zibanejad and Eichel and you can just play the matchup game on a nightly basis, against a team that may only have one truly dominant pairing, like, say, the Pittsburgh Penguins or, say, the Washington Capitals or, say, the Philadelphia Flyers, and you can expose matchups more easily. And it's not like when Artemi Panarin is on the ice with Ryan Strome, part of why Strom I think, I feel, I don't know if, you know, Rob Luker will listen to this and have to produce 17 new charts that I didn't even know. Fucking yeah, if you don't follow it. Rob
0: Luecker, do that. Thanks.
1: Yeah, you absolutely should. He's fantastic. Um, him, I mean, all, all the stat guys we talk about on the show, we do it tongue-in-cheek, but we also know that these guys are much smarter than us, and they simplify the game in a way that will help you understand what the fuck is happening, yep. uh, and I think it's great. So follow all these guys. But the when Panarin is on the ice with Strom, it allows you the opportunity to just focus on Panarin, right? Mm-hmm. You have to watch where Panarin is all times, which is why Ryan Strom gets into situations where he's creating more offense because the defense can – it, it, it's one of those things where, listen, if Ryan Strom's going to beat us, fucking let him beat us. Like, you they're daring him to beat them. And sometimes he has, and sometimes you see what happens when the man misses an open net. But you allow Ryan Strom to beat you. You put Artemi Panarin on a line with Jack Eichel, what the fuck are you supposed yeah, to do? Yeah, I eat? don't know
0: what the hell you do against that.
1: yeah it's A like, healthy Jack it's, it's Eichel, like Ber- again, healthy. It's like
0: Bergeron playing with Pasternak
1: and Marchand. Like, what what am I supposed to do when those three guys are on the ice at the same time? Yeah,
0: even Adam Fox is kind of like, well, I could only really guard two <laughs> at most. Yeah. Yeah. What else am I so supposed it, to do?
1: Yeah, it, it it it's changing the equation. And it, it, that's what happens when Zibanejad is on the ice with, maybe teams are focusing more on Zibanejad, but everybody respects, I mean, the Lafreniere, we saw the leap he took when he started playing with Zibanejad. And Pavel Buchnevich has just evolved into this perfect winger for, Mika that I don't think any of us truly ever thought we'd see. We always hoped, but I don't. I think you're kind of lying to yourself if you thought this is going to be the final form of Pavel Buchnevich. But if you tell me that in your top six, you have a line that I don't even give a shit who's on the right wing with Panarin and Eichel, I hope it's Kako that would just do everything that I've ever wanted in my entire life. But you have Eichel and you have Panarin on the same line. The fuck is the opposing team supposed to do? What in God's name? are they supposed to do against you? And then if they're not on the ice, you're telling me I have to deal with Zibanejad, Buchnevich,
0: and Lafreniere?
1: Give me a fucking break. Yeah. What are we doing? And
0: that third line is, you know... There's... The
1: third line is probably... He... We'll, I would well, we'll see. see, we'll see.
0: Yeah. <laughs> there's
1: a... There's some tears of, of players. One of is Kreider or Krabsoff will live on that third line, and they just get to be like, remember the year the Penguins won the Cup and Phil Kessel just decided to be the world's greatest third-line winger? Well, yeah, like, Phil
0: Kessel on the third line is really unfair, especially when he was yeah. that good at that point in time. I'm not, But I'm not saying Chris Kreider
1: or Vitali Kravtsov could be Phil Kessel, but you get to be the dude who gets to go up against bottom pairings the entire year, and you just get to use and abuse them nonstop because the opposing team has to play their top four against that top six. There's benefit to that. It, it, it makes the rest of the lineup deeper and better. For sure.
0: Uh, There is one thing I, I do want to mention. I've kind of been poke, poking around a little bit. Oh, yeah. okay. Having some discussions, talking to New York Rangers all the time. As you know, as is tradition here on Blue Shirts Breakaway. And I can't help but think that there's something that absolutely stinks about the expansion draft. Now, former guest of the show and good friend of the show, Larry Brooks, wrote about the expansion draft today and how the Rangers might protect Gauthier. I, I'm not sure any of this protection stuff actually happens. I'm really not. I'm not sold. I think the Rangers are circling around other teams uh, to make their situations easier. They have a space they'd be willing to protect another player. I don't think they're gung-ho about protecting anybody. Uh, Howden, Gochier, Blackwell, etc. I don't think anybody is gung-ho. I have a feeling one of the teams they might take a look at is the Avalanche. Take a look at uh, maybe Joe's who they've targeted before in the past, but that is going to come at a big cost, and that cost might come as Vitaly Krafsov. They might maybe offer something less because the Avalanche are going to be on a bit of a crunch. I, I just can't help but think here, Greg, that there's something more at play for the New York Rangers than just simply protecting Brett Howden or Gauthier. And I tried to get Larry on that last week, but we haven't been able to make any headway on it. It's, something smells, and I can't figure it out.
1: Well, the thing that smells to me and I listen, I know I, I it was partially me just trying to get my jokes off cuz Ryan lord knows I had a bit of a weekend. I need to get Oh shit, I forgot the Mets are playing right now. Um <laughs> yeah. Boy. That's that's how hard of a week it's been for me where I just that, that that's a new one. Uh anyway, I'll deal with that later. Um I was getting my jokes off partially, but it's also kind of true. Like I understand you are allowed to protect three defensemen. And I understand that the New York Rangers don't really have to protect a lot of defensemen because just about everybody is exempt that needs needs to be worried about. But there's just I, to me, it would be unacceptable if the New York Rangers went out, didn't try to get an upgrade on the defense at cost and not have to protect Lieber Hayek. I just, I, I in my head, I, I get it that they're not going to protect Anthony Potato, they shouldn't. They're not going to protect Anthony D'Angelo because no one's going to take him and the Rangers are going to buy him out. So these guys don't need to be protecting. So you essentially have an open spot on your defense where you can acquire a player that another team might not be able to protect. Mm -hmm. And you can try to do better than whatever the Seattle Kraken offer is to get that player and keep that player from even reaching the expansion draft. This is something the Rangers can do. And you're going to tell me that they're not going to do it because they're just going to be like, you know what? We have to protect Libra Hayek.
0: man Hayek. To me? Man-Rocket. It has to happen. Yeah.
1: No, but you know what? Fine. If you want to – protecting one of Brett Howden, and Julian Gauthier, whatever. I, it, like that, that doesn't move the needle for me. I, whether you like one player or whether you hate the other player, both of those guys, whether one is here one is not, they're not going to play more than fourth-line minutes, most likely, if all goes well, next season. So, cool. Dude, I don't care. If it's the Man Rocket that gets protected, Well, that's plenty we'll of time. We'll figure it out. Great. We'll figure it if out. It's, if it's Gauthier that gets protected, great. I think it's a player that still has some upside. But to me, it would be borderline irresponsible if the Rangers got to the expansion draft, took one look at their D, and said, you know what? I guess we are going to protect Lieber Hayek. Go out there and get someone worth protecting. Because it's not going to cost a boat to get It doesn't have to be a Matias home. It doesn't have to be Hampus Lindholm. It doesn't have to be Matt Dumba. It could just be a serviceable third-line defenseman that you traded a fifth-round pick for. Like, think John Merrill, except not John Merrill, because I'm pretty sure, once again, he's a free agent. You don't, to, you don't have to break down the doors with who this defenseman is. It could just be an, a pure upgrade over Brendan Smith that you got for a very late, cheap draft pick because the other team didn't want to lose him in the expansion draft, that's a guy the Rangers should go out there and target. Because I, it's just, just dare the Seattle to take Hayek. What are we doing? It ain't this hard. I'm confident they ain't going to take him. If you really like him, so you might as well just dangle him out there and be like, here, try.
0: Yeah. What do you got? I, something stinks here, Greg,
1: and I think something's up. I really do. I agree. I think. I think something smells pee pee poo poo.
0: For sure. Uh, I think that's uh, all for our open. Anything else you want to touch on this week? Nothing. Right, we
1: got any questions or are we going to come oh, back? And we're going to
0: come back and do questions. Yeah. Oh, why, not? why not? A little, little tease. Come on back after we hang out with John Scott. Why not? Sure. Jesus Christ, it's the second inning already? I know, right? Yeah. Braves, who knew? All right, here we go. Let's uh, take a transition over to our friend, John. John Scott, we'll come back, do some questions and some other nonsense. Be right back. Transition. You thought there were going to be advertisements here, but there are not. Please support the show, patreon.com slash bullshit breakaway. Back to the show, and here is John Scott. Hey, we're back with our first and only guest today. We have John Scott. He hosts Dropping the Gloves. He is a former Ranger. John, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, you got it, guys. Thanks for asking me. I'm very excited. It's, uh, it's, it's been a pleasure watching hockey the last 24 hours. Do you think there is – have we peaked? Has the NHL hockey peaked, and is it all downhill from here?
2: No, I'm just getting – it's just getting started. I'm excited. this this is a, it's such a weird playoff scenario. It's such a weird playoff format where it's new, it's exciting. I, i'm I'm really, really interested to see what happens once these teams get out of the kind of the, the conference stage and get into the final four. I, I, I'm super geeked out about how teams are gonna adjust and game plan and things like that because it's super unheard of. It's completely unheard of to go into a semifinals for the Stanley Cup and you've never played against the team you're playing. Like, this is completely unheard of. So, I'm really, really interested to see how the coaches react, how the players are going to, you know, game plan and stuff. So, I don't know. No, the the best is yet to come, guys. Come on.
1: (laughs) John, uh, before before we get into the nitty-gritty, do you think there's a team that stands out among the rest going into the playoffs?
2: Like, I I wanted to say Vegas, but then Minnesota just – kind of dumb. I don't want to say dominated, but they they took it to them last game. But if if not them, I would say the Avalanche. They look pretty solid. They have some question marks, too. So, I don't know. No, there's no team that just stands out, head and shoulders above the rest. No.
0: We uh, host the New York Rangers show, as you probably have heard. And at this point, we follow the Rangers all year. They at one point had the highest goal differential in this entire division. And yet, I can't help but think after watching the first day of East Hockey playoffs that the Rangers would have absolutely no chance if they were here. Your thoughts on that? I totally agree.
2: Totally agree. They, They have the pieces and the rebuild there. I think, you know, it was three, four, five years from when they just completely tore the team down when they traded Callahan and all those guys. And they're in a good spot. They made some good signings. They have some good young players. Hopefully they can figure it out. And with the train wreck that happened at the end of the season, I don't know what to expect for this coming season, but gosh, if there was ever a time, like how do you ruin a good situation that's going to turn into like a good team in two, three, four years, the Rangers did it because you guys were set. You had all the pieces in place. The players loved the coach. Everything was going great. And then one incident just completely just – everything's out the window and now we're just starting from scratch. It's brutal. I, I don't know how you guys are going to be next year, but, man, just a complete bot went off in Matt at the Square Garden with Tom Wilson on after an Aaron.
1: Well, John, you, you brought it up, so let's talk about the flashpoint moment that whether it what actually triggered everything that happened thereafter or whether it was just – the world's biggest coincidence. Um, By now, I think everybody has seen your video on Twitter talking about how you felt of the decision. Has your opinion mellowed over the last two weeks? Do you feel more so feeling one way or the other? I mean, for example, the game we all watched last night, Panthers-Lightning. Sam Bennett picks up a one-game suspension, I think deserved for his boarding penalty. And yet, Ryan McDonough, a very similar penalty, not even a hearing. What, what, what's up? What are your views today on NHL player safety? I completely agree with you. There's, there's no rhyme or reason.
2: You know, McDonough's hit was very similar. He, he could have rightfully got a one game suspension, but he doesn't. Sam Bennett, same kind of hit, same kind of play. He gets a, he gets the game. I, there, there's no rhyme or reason. I said it before, and I'll say it again. I, I think there needs to be more transparency. And what goes on, and George Perles' thought process, and he should say, "This is why I'm giving Bennett a suspension. This is why I'm not giving McDonough a suspension." There, there, you know, there's there's too much gray area where we just don't know what he's thinking, and it's mind numbing for players because if if I'm Sam Bennett, I'm looking at this point like, how the heck is Ryan McDonough not suspended, and I'm getting a game in the playoffs. It doesn't make sense to me, and I don't know. And just going back to the Wilson thing, I think Carroll's completely dropped the ball. I stand by my statement. I'm even more strong now because Wilson scored. He's an impact player for Washington.
0: Washington, In my opinion, he should not be on the ice right now. So he could potentially win the Capitals that series, and he does not deserve to be on the ice. It almost feels like star treatment to me, because me, if Ryan McDonough's name was Sam Bennett, I just have a feeling that he would have been suspended. Whereas a player like Tom Wilson of his caliber, who even though he has the truly awful reputation and has been a repeat offender, uh, they just didn't do it because he's, he's that guy. He's a ratings drawer. Is, is is that something you maybe have picked up on as a, as a, as a trend for, for player safety and punishment?
2: Well, yeah, he, he, he scores. He's a very entertaining player. The fans love him. He He's just that guy. He has the look. He's a handsome dude. If you, Get a guy to do all of Tom Wilson's hits and put a name on the back that says Zach Ronaldo or a guy who's played for the Rangers, Brendan Lemieux. He's getting twice or three times as many games as Tom Wilson ever got. So I, I definitely think there is a bias there. As much as the NHL, you know, will just no, there's no bias. You know, we treat every player the same. BS. You don't. You want the star players in the game. You want to sell the game, and Tom Wilson sells the game. That's what he does. So it, it is what it is. I, I don't. I don't hate it. I, I get it. But I would just, if they would just be transparent, and be like, listen, we're not going to suspend Crosby for a spear because he's Sidney Crosby. We're going to suspend <laughs> whoever else yeah. for a spear because he's, he's a nobody. You know what I mean? Like we need Sidney Crosby. We'll give him a fine, but we're not going to suspend him because he's good for the game. It just, it's okay to say that. I think people would understand.
1: John, okay. one thing that has always fascinated me with the NHL um, and you have, A unique perspective on this because you are a former enforcer a big body that it's the role of a deterrent in the current day nhl and we saw a lot of talk after the wilson mugging uh whatever you want to call it about how the rangers don't have that guy in their lineup that'll make someone like tom wilson think twice do you think deterrents are a real thing if ryan reeves was a new york ranger does it stop Tom Wilson from trying to uh, put Artemi Panarin through the Madison Square Garden floor?
2: Uh, absolutely. And I think it, it's like across the board. If you have the nuclear button on your bench and all you have to do is push it and then, you know, you're going to get destroyed, no one, no one's going to mess with you. you that's what – when I was with the Rangers, I, I went into Glenn Sater's office and he said, John, I like to have – the biggest, baddest, toughest guy on my team. And he's and you look at every team Slats has ever had, he's always had that guy who was feared throughout the league. And he's been on successful teams. He's arguably one of the best GMs of all time. Maybe top two, top three. Lou Amarillo's up there. He, he's in very rarefied air. And it just goes, fear is real. People get afraid. Tom Wilson, for as much as he wants to say, oh, I would have done the same thing, maybe he would have done something to Panarin, he would never have gone to the extent that he would have he went to because I talked to Ryan Reeves last week on my show and Ryan's like, listen, if I play for the Rangers, Tom's not doing that. I played Tom many, many times. And yeah, he hits, he plays his game, but he doesn't go he doesn't cross the line. He plays within the boundaries. And I, I, I completely believe that because I, I played for a decade and I played against some of the biggest rats in the game. The guys who were just complete animals out there. And when I stepped on the ice, they were minding their Ps and Q's yeah, they would finish their checks, but they weren't trying to bury guys. They weren't trying to take guys out. They were playing a really, really calm game. And you can't tell me that that's not because they were scared of getting their doors beat off if they, you know, crossed that line. I would just take them behind the woodshed. Like that's a real thing.
0: <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned getting traded to the Rangers. If you wouldn't mind telling, I, I've heard I, I've heard of the rumors of this story. I actually haven't heard it myself. Uh, what was it like meeting Torts the first time at the Rangers? What is the whole story of you actually getting traded to the Rangers and then having the meter with the dark Emperor himself slats? Yeah, it's it's funny. You
2: you never expect to get traded. I was in Chicago. I got the call right at three oh one of the trade deadline. I was like, great. My GM's calling. I'm getting sent down. That's what I'm thinking. We got somebody. I'm getting sent down. You guys know you got traded to New York. I'm like, oh, great. I got traded to the Islanders. They were last place. He's like, no, you're going to the Rangers. They're first place in the East. I was like, whoa, okay, cool. (laughs) Jumped on a plane later that day, went to the practice rink in White Plains, walked into the room, go and meet Slats. He he gives me the story. He's got a cigar. We want the toughest guy, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, great, I'm here. We already had Rupp. You already had Stu Bickle. You already had Brandon Pruss. So it's not like I'm walking into a team that needs toughness. You guys had toughness for days. So I don't know why I'm there. I go into the dressing room. I get my equipment. I walk into the workout room. Portarella's there. He's like, hey, what are you doing here? I was like, I just got traded here. He's like, really? I had no idea. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, he's like, come into my office. And, and I sit down. And he goes, well, listen, I had no idea we were going to get you. Um, obviously, I know who you are. I don't know how we're going to use you or if we're going to use you. But, um, yeah, and that was it. And I just got up and left. I was like, cool. And I played a couple games at the end of the season, and that was it. And I, like, I don't know, me and Torch butted heads. I I was a black ace. Maybe I could have dealt with it better. But we had a couple FDU battles, and we went back and forth. And it is what it is. Torch is a fiery personality, and I don't really back down from somebody. And we, we just kind of butted heads a little bit. But I enjoyed my time there. But, gosh, that Tortorella, he can really – if he doesn't like you, he lets you know, and he did not like me. Well, I have so a follow up. So... Hold on, hold
0: on. So you you go in to Say third, he's holding a cigar. I need more details.
2: <laughs> he just you know Slats, He always had the cigar, he was chomping on it, so I go in his office and I I don't know if you've ever been in his office.
0: No, I haven't had the pleasure, um, John.
2: <laughs> oh my goodness. He had literally every hockey player in North America and Europe on a little magnet stuck to his wall. Every team he had their NHL roster, their AHL roster, their East coast roster and all their prospects. And I'm not kidding you. He had thousands of names on the, on the wall, on the wall. It was wild. Wow. And he looked me in the eyes, like, listen, I wanted you here. I want the biggest, baddest guy. That's you. We want to resign you. We love what you do. Go out there and just protect our guys. And I was like, great. Sounds good. And obviously we couldn't come to terms at the end of the season, just because I didn't like torts, but it, it was, it was cool to hear that from a GM because usually they just kind of puts foot around the idea like, oh, you know, you know, do what you want to do. And Tor- Flash is like, someone messes with their team or I want you to beat the piss out of them. That's what you're here for. I was like, perfect. <laughs> Thank you. I can do that.
1: Uh, so, John, if it, tell, me, tell me if I'm hearing all this correctly. You think John Tortorelli is the favorite to be the Rangers head coach? <laughs> no. <laughs>
2: Imagine that. No way. There's no chance he goes back to New York. No chance whatsoever.
0: Yeah, no, he's third in I, the, the odds right now, but we don't think he's actually a, a, a threat to get the job. I think they're going to interview him. I think he has a lot of good people that like him there, or rather he has good standing with those people, but I, I can't imagine they're like, you know what we need to do right now? towards again.
2: you think Panarin and Zabinajad and Strom and those guys are going to be successful under that guy?
0: There's no. not a chance in the world. No no chance whatsoever. No, not at all. Uh it's it's a situation where it's like uh well you saw Panarin in C B J, right? Uh, I've been told some, by multiple people that you know well there was a reason he played his best season ever under David Quinn and it's because David Quinn was like, Hey, I really don't even know how to coach you. You're the best player I've ever had. <laughs> like what well, what do I do? You know hockey better than I do. Well, I'll coach everybody else, you do yourself. Where Torch forced him to play under that system. Uh, to follow up on your on your other question, there's still pulls some strings with the New York Rangers. He, there's been a lot of talk about toughness, and a lot of talk about adding that style or that grit to the team. What do you see the Rangers maybe doing on the fourth line this season? Or maybe do you think they'll add an enforcer? Do you think they'll trade for somebody of that of that ilk or that of that that toughness? Well, it doesn't.
2: You don't need a one-dimensional enforcer. I feel like there's only a few of them left in the game. Mm-hmm. I, I just think you need a guy who is can handle himself you know I don't know why they traded Brendan Lemieux I don't know how he was acting in the locker room if he kind of was having issues with the guys but he he filled that role you know what I mean you were a little scared of him not because he's like the super tough guy who can like just throw bombs and beat up Tom Wilson He's a little bit of a loose cannon where you know he might stick you in the face he might you know take a run at your best player from behind you need that little bit of crazy in your lineup and I feel like New York doesn't have that. and They need to address it. They don't need to go out and get an old-fashioned goon. You just need a guy who the other team is scared of. I know when I played a team and they had a Chris Neal or a Zach Ronaldo or even when you got like a Brandon Thrust, you need a guy who, you know, you second guess yourself when you're going into a corner. Either I'm going to get blown up by this guy or if I hit somebody, he's going to jump me from behind and I have to answer for something. So the Rangers don't have that. Brendan Smith isn't scaring anybody. He's not. He's very predictable. He's not tough. So they need to find something to just, you know, make teams think twice. Make Tom Wilson think twice before he goes and takes a run at somebody. Because he will if you get someone.
1: John, as a former All-Star, I I, I think your opinion on the next question for me is quite important. Um, The Jack Eichel situation. Have you ever seen a situation go that sour seemingly that quickly and also that publicly in the National Hockey League? Not with a player of his
2: caliber this early in his career. Like, he's still on his entry-level contract, if, if I'm not correct. I think he's within five years of, of entering the league. So, to just go from being the second overall pick to being the, the block we're going to build our franchise around, you're the guy to five years later being like, listen, I want out of here. You've done, like... They did everything they can to just make that team fail. I don't know how many coaches they've had. I don't know how many GMs they've had under Jack Eichel. I don't blame them. Like, it's a complete train wreck what Buffalo has done the last five, six years, and Jack's been there. And there's no stability. When you're a young player, you just want to see some kind of hope. You want to see something to kind of grab onto. It's like, we have a great coach. We have a great GM. I can see the light. Let's go. Buffalo, they change their their identity every, it seems like, five months and they don't know what kind of team they are Are we going to rebuild are we going to be contending we're going to go get taylor hall oops that didn't work let's just you know throw the baby out with the bathwater again we're just going to start again so i don't blame him uh the, the stuff with the gm and the coach and this and that that's just that's just a bad culture that should never get out to the media that should never happen jack eichel should never have that press conference at the end of the year and say what he said that that is just you it's out of control and I don't know. I don't know how it's going to end up. I, I, I really hope they sort it out. But, gosh, it, it, he's not happy. He's not happy at all.
1: The the point you brought up is the one that I kind of keep getting stuck on. It's If the Sabres knew all this stuff was happening behind the scenes, under what circumstances do they say, hey, Jack, you want to do a end-of-season interview with the media that you can say whatever the hell you want? Like, What, what was the end game there from their standpoint that made them think, yeah, this will go fine. This will be okay. Yeah. Like, do you think Chris Drury might
2: have, you know, grabbed them? Hey, Jack, you know, maybe let's let's talk a little bit before you go out there and just, like, set, set our franchise on fire? Because they, that's the thing with Buffalo. They didn't – I guarantee you they didn't have any conversations with them because it's just so dysfunctional over there. Nobody gets it. I don't know what's going on. I'm oh, sorry, not Chris Drury, um, uh, Kevin Adams. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you Kevin Adams didn't say anything to him. It's just a mess. Nobody gets it. The owners are just completely – and I listen, I like Kerry, or Terry and Kim Pagula. I, I consider them friends. They don't know. They don't know what they're doing. They just have a lot of money, and they, they succeeded with the Bills, luckily, because they have a good GM and a good coach. Buffalo doesn't have that. Kevin Adams is not a good fit to be a GM. He's just – he has no experience, maybe in 10 years. But golly – And then if they trade him, they're going to get the again because he already said he wants out. So teams are just licking their chops. Like, ah, we'll give you a second round. That was my follow-up question here is because
0: we talk, you know, we talk, we're on the Twitter all the time talking about trades. And the question I get the most is, hey, what's the trade packet for Jack Eichel? I get it 17 times an hour at least. And everybody that's a Buffalo fan says, hey, if you're not including Lafreniere or Kako or both, and the couple first round picks, this is never happening, but I, I just can't imagine a scenario where one, he plays for Buffalo again, or, or two, there's actually a trade package that is worth his true value. I think he's either in LA or he's in New York at the start of next season. And I almost don't see a scenario where that's not the case. And whenever you look at a trade that involves a superstar who is
2: young, the team getting the superstar always makes out a lot better. The team who got Joe Thornton, San Jose Sharks, made out like gangbusters when they traded them. When they got him from Boston, the Wayne Gretzky trade, the Eric Lindros trade, all these trades where you're trading superstars, you're get like no one knows how these prospects and these draft picks are going to turn out. You're getting a legit superstar. Jack Eichel has been, I would say, top five player in the NHL since he entered the league. He is that good, and because he plays in Buffalo, he doesn't get the recognition. He is a very good hockey player. He's better than Lafreniere he's better than Caco Caco. then they he's better than they'll ever beat, in my opinion he's that good of a player so if you can get him i would trade him straight up from a frontier right now hands down I would give this Where do I sign? Let's get that done. Because Jack Eichel, he's a special hockey player.
0: They won't do that. Um, he's like one of their untouchables. But I think if you were in in the long term to compare their careers, you have you make you have a really good case to make there, especially after Lafreniere's first year. But they're looking John, to do I'll, both. I'll,
1: I'll, John, I'll add, I'll add one one caveat though. Uh, does the neck injury bother you at all? As someone who played the game, understands the game a little bit better than two. Guys under the height of five feet that probably can't throw we're under five feet save their lives. Six feet, I should say. We are taller <laughs> than five feet. I was gonna say those. Holy moly! Um, <laughs> well, we're,
2: real, well, real niche podcasting
1: stuff. here.
2: Yeah, it's a cause for concern, but you get them checked out by doctors. They have specialists and stuff. You can get that looked at. It, it doesn't concern me too much. If you think he, if he really wanted to play, he could have played this year. There's like he didn't want to play for Buffalo at the end. They were like no one wanted to play for Buffalo. It, it was uh, just a bad hockey team and a bad time and they didn't have fans. Thank goodness. That was their only saving grace, but no, I don't worry about that. He's a young kid. He'll heal. He's he's just, he's a, he's a stud man. Honestly, he's
0: an absolute stud. Was there anybody uh, circling back to your time in the Rangers? Was there anybody when you were on the team and you were like, man, this guy could be a real coach one day or a GM when you were in the locker room. Dan Girardi.
2: Yes. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. He was, he was great. I loved that guy. Um I just coincidentally I played against him growing up as a kid. He he was from Welland, I was from Saint Catharines. So he was just very calm, very smart, and just had a good demeanor about him. You know, he didn't get too excited, never got too down, and I could just see him being just really level headed, making a really good prudent decision when it was needed. And I don't know what he's doing now, but he would be good Buffalo. in the front office.
0: He's in Buffalo. Is he in Buffalo? Yeah, he's coaching their Buffalo. defense now, yeah.
2: Buffalo hires so many former players; I mean, they, it's insane. <laughs> All they do is hire former players. Maybe that's what they're doing wrong.
0: <laughs> well, I would like Dan Girardi one day to come back to the Rangers, as uh, we've kind of been pumping that. I think he could be a good coach train for a long time. So you saying that really validated me, and I appreciate it. Anytime, uh, Gregory. Any any final questions for our dear friend John here?
1: Who, if Ryan's going to go, who you thought um, should be a coach on those Ranger teams? was there a guy where you would be like, ah, you know, I'm not really sure about this guy just in terms of uh, anything? Is there is there a guy that you would, like, specifically... You don't have to name names. You can just tell us, you know, when we're not recording, who the real guy is. But is there a guy on the team that you were just like, you know, th- something's a little loose up there. What's going on? What's happening? I would say Doobie Dubinsky. <laughs> he was a little weird.
2: You know what I mean? I wouldn't want him coaching my team, so... But he's, you know, he's a good guy. But I, I don't think I would trust him. You know, as far as I could throw him.
1: <laughs> Amazing. But the, the, here's the thing, though, John. You're a big dude. You could actually throw him. So that, that you might actually have more trust than any of the rest of us would with him. I do have well, one.
2: More... Like, I, I don't want to dump on him. He's a great guy. But if you're, if you're talking GM coaching, you know, that kind of position, I don't think he is fit for that. He's too fiery. He's too unpredictable. He's just like a loose cannon out there. You you don't know what he's going to do. So. I don't I, think I would uh, have Duby for that position.
0: I do have one final question. Actually, you may or may be familiar with this team called the Tampa Bay Lightning and how they maybe have added like I don't know two superstar players right before the playoffs. A little just super coincidence at this point in time. Would that piss if you were if you were a player? Would that piss you off if you were on the other team? Like, hey, this these this team just magically added two healthy superstars.
2: Let's you just gotta tip your hat to their GM Breeze He. he it was absolutely perfect the way he worked us this year. Kucherov took the year off; he still got paid. It would it would not upset me. I'll just say that I'm like good for you guys. You guys game the system perfectly. You got Stamkos and Kucherov back, and like Kucherov is he, he's unbelievable. Like he's like he scores three points and he hasn't played in a year. Like it's, not many guys can do that. It would not upset me. Maybe if I was Florida, I would be a little sore about it. But what are you gonna do? It's the game. They played within the rules. Anybody could have done it. It is what it is. I can't. You can't get upset them for playing in the rules.
1: Yeah. If if I had to hear that broadcast team talk about Rust and Nikita Kucherov one more time, oh. though, I was walking in the traffic. No question.
2: They about beat it. that dog to death. Like it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, John. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Can't appreciate your time enough. Anything you want to plug before we get out of here? No. I'm just. I just. No, I don't care. Cool. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. Cool, guys. awesome, John. We'll talk. Uh, maybe we'll talk again sometime next year when the season starts up. Absolutely, guys. Very Ple- good. Pleasure. Talk to you, man. Thank you. And we're back. All right. Good interview. I think. I hope. I, 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 I think. Pray. I, I, I cool. Imagine it wasn't. Yeah. Boy, this is going to be awkward. Imagine it was like just he was like you guys suck.
1: <laughs> oh my god. It's yeah. it's uh it's part two of that interview we did with a certain reporter that one time
0: yep that's correct anyway only 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 the in people know that
1: only real ones know. only real
0: ones know speaking of real ones let's do some five-star questions shall we mm, here's some five-star sure. questions from our discord you can put, sign up to our discord today go to patreon.com slash blue breakaway become a supporter mm. all righty then uh, let's ask someone uh shall we ryan have you, oh, i did that one yes cool 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 Sorry, I had this one. I, oh yeah, I like the odds bit regarding Eichel. This is from Matty Jack regarding Eichel. Can you guys talk about the odds of Gallant landing in New York? Yeah, we can. I think Gallant is five to two right now, and then I think Bob Hartley is the second uh, of of those choices. I can't imagine. To me, it's it's this, Craig. And tell me if you if you think different. Gallant is already the New York Ranger he- coach, unless unless. Some other team either one some other team magically offers him way more money, which would not happen, or B Rod gets sent out of Carolina and Carolina Carolina. I, I don't know, I don't
1: know what I don't know what part to read into more. You saying Carolina or starting with one? You like that the, one? You like the one B thing? <laughs> um, I do. I will. I, I'll say this. This is just me reading tea leaves, Ryan. Sure, that's what we do. I, I'm sure some people some people just call me a hater for saying i'm
0: holding my crystals
1: i think some of the gallant stuff is overblown because the rangers made such a priority to interview him before the world championships some of me wonders if everyone's thinking that it's this foregone conclusion strictly because the rangers wanted to get the interview out of the way um like i wonder if I wonder if everyone thinks he's the favorite because all the buzz was, oh the Rangers really want to interview him. they really want to interview him. they want to get him in the room. they want to see what he's all about. But did the Rangers really want to interview him to get him in the room because he's the favorite or do the Rangers really want to interview him because they don't have the patience to wait until after the world championships? They'd rather do it now so they can do their due diligence on everybody else. or maybe it's maybe it's a little shade of gray and it's a little bit of both. but I in my where I sit, the possibility exists that, Gallant was the first person to get interviewed because the Rangers only had a 48-hour period to get it done. And now, like, you know, read into it what you will. I'm I'm just proposing the scenario in which Gallant's getting all this early buzz because the Rangers felt propelled to do this interview before the World Championships. Whereas if Gallant's not the coach of Team Canada, right, when does the interview happen then? Is it still the first one that happens near days after Drury gets the job is a little bit further down the line? What's the timeline if he's not the national team coach? That's what I want to know. Of course, we never will know. We never will know. We don't have to know. But I do think the scenario exists where everyone has confused Galan is the favorite with just this is the timeline in which the interview happened. And now the Rangers are going to get down to business.
0: We'll be covering that every single week, as you guys know, so stay tuned. Next question is from Hello Vanilla. How much of the de- of the defensive improvements came from Marty Jocks? And can we assume that, that will, what will happen with, or the, rather, can we assume the same will happen with the blue line with the new coaching staff? We can assume nothing. We know that Martin Marty Jocks came in here and solidified the penalty kill for the New York Rangers to the best it's been in a very, very, very long time and made some... Substantial defensive improvements, if you want to give him credit for Buchnevich, or maybe even Kavokako, you can maybe give him some of that too. Uh, we can assume absolutely nothing. I think you'd agree, Greg.
1: Yeah, but i I'll also say it's not like I'm not expecting the New York Rangers to revert back to Lindy Ruff era defensive atrocities with uh, Jacques Martin not here. I, I think it's, you know, I would hope players have learned something from what Jacques taught them and they're able to carry that over into whoever happens to be the right. next it's like you had a, you had a great
0: majors. teacher for one for one year and they left an imprint on you for the rest of your life.
1: Right. I'm not saying it's going to be the exact same. That's irresponsible because it's not going to be the same system. You're going to be asked to do different things. But uh, I, I do think I, I think Martin Jacques Martin deserves a whole lot of credit. Uh, I think we have given him the correct amount of credit for what he's done. But I also think some of some of what Martin did was just asking players to do something that they weren't being
0: asked to do before that like that comes from the Bushhnevitge interview where he they tried him out on pK one day as like a joke and he showed a little bit of promise, and Marty Jacques was like, yeah, uh we're going to keep him out there, even though that he wasn't ever like going to be tried in that role in, whatsoever, and it turned out really well for Pavel Buchnevich in the New York Rangers.
1: yeah, would that have happened? If Martin wasn't here, would that have happened if it was still Lindy Ruff? Who's to say? Not not us for sure, but, you know, Martin was able to put players in a position that most people would not have thought to put certain players into. And hmm, Ryan Lindgren, a lot of credit goes to Ryan Lindgren for how much personal work he's put into his own game. I would say Keandre Miller, we're just scratching the surface about what's going on there. And how much of Jacob Truba's improvement from rough to Martin is simply Jacob Truba just having one year of New York under his belt, because it's a big it's a big move for him. I, I, the more you look at it, you can peel back as many layers as you want and say, well, maybe it was one thing, maybe it was another. All we know is Jacques Martin was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Jacques Martin came back, I think we'd all be very happy about it. In fact, I, I, I'll say this. Jacques Martin coming back to be the Rangers defensive coach. I think I'd be more excited about that than whoever the Rangers' name is their head
0: you can You can put that in the books to quote a great team. All right, uh, let's go to the next question. This is from Nick I. What makes the Rangers a better team with Eichel at 10 years, uh, ten per year minus the prospects it takes to get him or Mika $8 million a year without, with those prospects? It's about getting both. It's never about getting having one. I I I would like to make this super clear. I think if the Rangers prioritize pri- prioritize what the hell is going on, letting uh, letting Mika go and then only getting Eichel, they are in a worse position than they are now. They need to get both, and that's how you make Stanley Cup runs. It's not about getting one; it's about getting both.
1: I would agree. I don't know if it's the Ran- The Rangers will be in worse position if it's Eichel over Zibanejad. I think it's kind of similar. Yeah, you're just you're you're trading like green tea for Earl Grey. It's it's all kind of the same. You,
0: you do have to there, lose the prospects that are have have some talent, though. And Prospects always don't work out. It's important to note that they don't always work out. They're not always sure, like but we also
1: we, the Rangers aren't going to let waltz way to free agency either. No
0: way, no chance.
1: Um, so I'd yes, the the goal should be both. I don't think we're having this conversation unless it is both. Uh, I don't think I. There was once upon a time where I floated the idea of a way the Rangers could do an Eichel trade that was a three-teamer where another team took Zibanejad and the Rangers recoup some of those assets in the Zibanejad trade. Um, but those days have come and gone. I, I, I don't believe that to be the case anymore. I let me, let me put it this way. If it's not Eichel Zibanejad, it's also not Eichel Strome. And the Rangers still would have to go out and find a, another top six center to go with Eichel if they want to move on from Zibanejad. Right. Ryan, Ryan Strom will not be a New York Ranger in 2022 opening night. Hard for me to that believe. That is Yeah, I I have I will stay very very firm on that claim.
0: Vinny Hay asks, will the Rangers have a captain opening night? Yes, his name is Jacob Truba. I agree. Since the Lord and Savior is not untouchable this is from David. Since the Lord and Savior is not untouchable, what say minimally reasonable trade you would say yes to if you were a GM? I think if Buffalo comes to you and says We'll do the 2021 first and Caco and you get Jack Eichel. you say yes.
1: Yeah, I I would say Caco in the first is about all I put in that package. Like if they want a haul, it, it you get into the argument of like do you want quantity over quality almost, right? Yep. Um if you want a haul, you can't have Caco. Je- uh, if you want if you want Copacaboca you're only getting the 2021 first to do it too,
0: um, which which that would never happen. So that's like that's never going to go down. Buffalo would never say, "Hey, we want Kapokako." It's had a, it's a points based league. It's a points based result. and we all know if you watch the Rangers this year, what Kapokako did, taking like tremendous defensive strides forward, and he showed the flashes of what he can really be in the next couple of years. But they don't look at like that. They look that he scored like nine goals. That's it. That's all yeah, they see. And
1: and again the. It would be irresponsible for the Buffalo Sabres to come to the Rangers and not ask for
0: Capocacco. They don't it would be just, irresponsible for them not to ask for Lafreniere and Capocacco. Yeah,
1: like, it, it it's irresponsible for them, one, for not asking, and then, two, you're setting just a horrible market for yourself. Like, if if another team hears that you're not even asking for Capocacco from the Rangers, they ain't going to offer you shit either. Like, you have to ask for something that make makes other teams go, oh, fuck. All right, well, if we have to come close to that, we have to actually offer X, Y, and Z. So this is, I mean, this is just negotiation. This is this is what it takes. Just, we we have recent history for this too. I understand it's, it's other sports, but just look at the packages in November for what people were saying it would cost to get Francisco Lindor. And then look at what the Mets traded to get Francisco Lindor and Carlos Carrasco. Like, shit's going to change. And what their teams are actually talking about is not what we're going to hear. So I. there are scenarios in which I would trade Kapokako. They're few and far between. And uh, I'm not going to verbally say who the players are, but it rhymes with Schmaner, Schmick, Mavid, <laughs> and it rhymes with uh, Schmathan, Schmick, Schminin.
0: Yeah, I would say those, those are guys I would those trade two guys, Those two guys, those sure. fake imaginary people, are probably people yeah. I'd do with, with Tim. Uh, yeah. Phil L asks, with the NWR season over, do you have interest in, any interest in the World Championships? Zero. No.
1: None, none. You know why I don't have interest? I look, I'm not as much as I love Kevin Rooney. I ain't looking for him to play fucking second line minutes with Team USA.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, look at that team. Mike, our guy, Adam Clendenning is playing for Team USA this year. Love Adam. What am I supposed supposed to watch and learn from this world championship? If you need something to watch this summer, uh, Euros for soccer are back. Watch that. There's, there's a great. lot
0: of good sports on right now. Uh, listen, if that's your thing, you want to watch uh, Filipino go play a little bit, feel free. It's fun. I'm sure I'll retweet the highlights and we'll talk about the plays. I'm not going to watch the games. All right. Uh, if Howden is... This is from uh, Brother Mocha. Mocha? I don't know. Whatever. If I'm sorry. If, if Howden is no longer on the Rangers next season, who is the candidate in line to be the team's honorary man rocket that can get it? A lot of good-looking
1: New York Rangers, for starters. That's for sure. Um, Smith's
0: not going to be around, though, probably. So but he's...
1: you have to – the problem is the man-rocket rule exists because it's, it's one part he's extremely good-looking. Right. But it's more of a part of we spend too much time talking about someone that is just irrelevant. So you have to find a guy who is both attractive and just not worth the time to ask. See, I think Barron
0: has too much potential. I th- I would choose him, but I think he could be too good. Yeah. He's got those He's got those really crystal blue eyes. For sure. I guess
1: it, 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 the people who think Morgan Barron's think like a future sure. top six guy. Yeah. Like, Morgan Barron's probably going to be a bottom six forward with small potential scoring upside in his career. So he might get to a point where people in two years are still hoping and wishing for Morgan Barron to get his next big shot. And it just ain't going to
0: happen. I have the answer. Um I think I have the answer. Lieber
1: Hayek ain't a good-looking dude.
0: No, he's not. What if it's my client, Keith Kincaid? No. (laughs) No, because
1: Keith's worth talking about in the sense that the reason Keith being under contract with the Rangers and having a solid backup goalie is why Alexander Georgiev is just overrated. Mm -hmm. Like, so it's not... Keith isn't overrated we're not spending too much time talking about keith we're actually spending too much time talking about Georgiev, which is the problem um i don't think Georgiev's the answer either cuz he's fine but he's like a new york five yeah like it, it's tough it, stay guys, tuned it, it, the the hardest player to replace this offseason might be brett Howden because i can't think of someone that attractive that i shouldn't give two <laughs> shits about him. Like that—that that is, that is a real niche <laughs> role on the New York Rangers. Oh, how it is. They're just not going to be easily replaced. All right. These questions yeah, have been brought to you. By the way, you... he's also going to be a New York Ranger uh, come opening night. Probably.
0: Uh, these questions have been brought to you by our Patreons, our subscribers. Keep this show going, including these wonderful subscribers Alex Gardner, Amber Cohenberger, Ben Waters, Brian Doyle, Broadway Shoot, Blue Shirt, Bleeder, CJ Stallwagon, David Niren, David Segel, Dennis Deitz, Eric Stagg, George Obritsky, JD, Jimmy Mack, Chris from Florida, Kyle Franklin. Lazic, he's going to murder me for that. Matthew Goodwin, the legendary Matthew Kine, Pavel Kondrovskev. I tried to pronounce that one beforehand. Ryan, Steven Stig Boole from Ulsa. Uh, Swingart, Tommy O'Neill, Tory Manhattan, the all-time contributor. And Vinny Hay and Will Specter. Okay, thank you guys so much. Really appreciate it. We're going to do a fun banner thing sometime soon. All right, uh, we have some other five-star questions before uh, we get out of here. Just a couple quick ones. Uh, this is from Alex in the UK. This is uh, from our reviews. Hi guys, love your show, but never asked anything before. I'm a fan from the UK and have followed the Rangers along with other American sports for years. But being mainly from England and the main passion for the here is football, I'm confused as to why international hockey hockey is not as big as international football. Just seen an American team announcement and so many players are not there. It's probably their own choice. If there was international football, players would be slandered if they didn't go. What is happening? Well, it's
1: just... International football is different. It's a um, whole thing. Yeah,
0: There's so it, much pride and where you play for? We should
1: we should also tell people what by football he means soccer. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's just different. First of all, it's a pandemic, so who wants to go to fucking Latvia after they've been away from their family for the last five months? Not many people. Can't really blame. Can't really blame anyone. Second, they tried playing fifty six games over like a
0: two and a half 10 week period. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: So what? What the fuck like I I I would be upset if Adam Fox tried to play for Team USA right now. Um yeah, I like you see all the big names they always want to play in the Olympics because that's as the problem is like the world championships no one gives, like it's that's the equivalent of essentially a glorified team friendly for soccer. Yep. Like I don't expect I don't expect star players to always play in every team friendly. Sometimes we see Team USA roll out just a lineup of MLS scrubs when they have to play fucking Curacao or fucking St. Kitts, sure. whatever the small Island nations are. Um, yeah. It, if it was, if this was the Olympics, uh, it, it's fair to question, but the, the world championships calling it the world championships, it feels disingenuous for what the event actually is because it always happens during the Stanley cup playoffs. So usually the top tier players are never available. And the ones that do become available only become available after teams get eliminated, when the tournament has already been going on for X amount of time. It's just, it's not really an international tournament. It's more of just like it's an hardly. excuse to keep playing hockey yeah. for teams for guys who were eliminated.
0: Yeah, most of the guys just want to play fucking golf. It's true. All right, this is uh, we're gonna got a couple more for uh, over the seas, foreign, I guess, whatever you want to say. This is from our friend Ray. Hey, Ray, what's up, man? Hey, guys, just a quick word for uh, on a brilliant work you've done in the past week. It's been a shocking time with uh, Tom Wilson game and removal of J.D. and Gordon. You guys were all over it. Looking forward to your summer content. Quick question. Would you rather have a lame and young which are as president, GM, and head coach for the next five years or use Jack Johnson on your top D-man pair for the next three years? Come on down, Jackie. Come on back. Yeah, I'd rather. It's not even close. Adam Fox is, is uh,
1: in your words, Ryan, I hear, is limitless. He's limitless. It's true. It's true. Yeah, I'd sure. I'll, I'll survive Jack Johnson if it may, I, I can't do Vino. Also, shout out Southampton. They survived relegation once again. God bless. Uh,
0: this is from a friend in Vietnam. Crazy. What? I know, right? Hey, guys, been listening forever to the show. This is ims 1195 uh, You're a huge part of how I keep up with the Rangers from Vietnam, so thank you. Never felt the need to write before after last week. I need to give some perspective. JG and JD did a great job while they were here, and I have no doubt they were completely aware of the next moves that needed to be made. And I know Joe Drury is highly regarded around the league and has been for apparently a while now, but I'm worried about Dolan showing his true colors and about Sather's reappearance. Dolan is impulsive, is the Sather, who's overly aggressive, but concerned about Drury is a Sather puppet. Talk me off the ledge. I think, we uh, I think a...
1: we'll I think we'll know we'll know I, more. I, we don't know yet, but I think we'll know soon. I think you'll we'll know a lot sense. about
0: jury pretty soon. The, yeah. the draft we'll, is, we'll is learn... mid-July. You're gonna know a lot about Chris Drury before then.
1: We're gonna we're gonna learn exactly what the word autonomous means for the New York Rangers by midsummer, like or August. By the time by the time Saratoga is running the Traverse Stakes, we'll know exactly how autonomous. The New York Rangers front office is.
0: Agreed. Last question, and then we're out of here. This is from Lindy's Rough. Don't got to read this on the pod, just a solid review for the number one New York Rangers podcast. Oh, it said don't read. That's weird. Okay, interesting. Um...
1: <laughs> well, if there's anything I know, Ryan, <laughs> it's that you can't read. It's true.
0: Uh, also, if you're looking for some guests to fill the off season, us listeners would love a check in from off the internet Woj. I'm, I've checked in with Woj before. I, he's doing very well. I don't think he's a podcast man these days, but maybe I'll yeah, ask him. I more thought he was going to
1: say our moms.
0: Yeah, our moms will maybe come back for Mother's Day. It's uh,
1: uh Mother's Day is come and gone, come and gone.
0: Maybe next year, who knows? All right. Did
1: uh, you call your mom on Mother's Day? Now I'm worried.
0: Yeah, of course I did. Did you? Yeah, I called her today.
1: Just, okay, but Mother's Day yeah, was, did was the
0: tenth. I did. Listen, I, I, she visited the week the way, before. You,
1: the way you said it, you'd be like, I, I don't know, maybe around Mother's Day we'll have it back on. It's like, motherfucker, that was too easy. Well, weeks you ago.
0: know, whatever. I, I tried to pitch MomCast, but I know your mom's going through a lot of stuff in Florida. so.
1: <laughs> no, I, listen, I understand you're trying to pitch MomCast. Well, we also I, had a lot
0: going on. You know, Rangers she, did
1: a lot. My mom side. would love to come on. I'm saying it might not be great right now. Right. We should try, we should try to get my dad back on. Yeah, because Lord them, knows that's them. when the, they're going to trade for Eichel, like mid-podcast. That's
0: actually a good idea. Let's get that happening. All right. We'll be back next week. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Orion Meade. Follow Greg at Buster's Break. If you want to support the podcast, patreon.com slash so Buster's breakaway it makes the show go, makes us continue to be NHL insiders. We'll be back. Love you guys. Bye.